Oh Lord, our God, we thank thee for a quiet moment this afternoon where we can be together about thy holy word. Do thou provide it, dear Father, in spite of the weak vessel, dear Father, for the strengthening of the souls, for encouragement of our faith, dear Father, for preparing us for the coming week to walk obediently in thy sight, dear Father. Help us, because we got nowhere else to turn but thee to live in this world where we are pilgrim and strangers. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. <clears throat> We'd like to read and meditate with the Lord's help out of the Word of God as found in Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. Men, brethren, and fathers, hear ye my defense which I make now unto you. This is the Apostle Paul as in front of the council of the Jews when he was apprehended in the temple. And when they heard that he spake in Hebrew tongue to them, they kept the more silence. And he said, I am verily a man which am a Jew, born in Tarsus, a city of Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers and was zealous toward God as ye all are this day. And I persecuted this way unto death, binding and delivering into prison both men and women, as also the high priest doth bear me witness and all the estate of the elders, for whom I also received letters unto the brethren and went to Damascus to bring them which were there bound unto Jerusalem for to be punished. And it came to pass that as I made my journey and was come nigh unto Damascus about noon, suddenly there shone from heaven a great light round about me, and I fell unto the ground and heard a voice saying unto me, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And I answered, Who art thou, Lord? And he said unto me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. And they that were with me saw indeed the light and were afraid, but they heard not the voice of him that spake to me. And I said, What shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said unto me, Arise and go into Damascus, and there I shall be told thee all things which is appointed for thee to do. And when I could not see for the glory of that light, being led by the hand of them that were with me, I came into Damascus. And one Ananias, a devout man according to the law, having good report of all the Jews which dwelt there, came unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight. And the same hour I looked up upon him. And he said, The God of our fathers hath chosen thee, that thou shouldest know his will, and see that just one, and shouldst hear the voice of his mouth. 
for thou shalt be his witness unto all men of what thou hast seen and heard. Now why tarriest thou? Arise, and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance, and saw him saying unto me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive thy testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I am prison and beat in every synagogue them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen, Stephen was shed, I also was standing by, consenting unto his dead, and kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said unto me, Depart, for I will send thee far ends unto the Gentiles. And they gave him audience unto this word, and lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. And as they cried out and cast off their clothes and threw dust into the air, the chief captain commanded him to be brought into the castle and bade that he should be examined by scourging, that he might know whereof they cried so against him. And as they bound him with tongues, Paul said unto the centurion that stood by, is it lawful for you to scourge a man that is a Roman and uncondemned? When the centurion heard that, he went and told the chief captain, saying, Take heed what thou doest, for this man is a Roman. Then the chief captain came and said unto him, Tell me, art thou a Roman? He said, Yea. And the chief captain answered, With a great sum obtained I this freedom. And Paul said, but I was born freeborn. Then straightway they departed from him, which should have examined him, and the chief captain also was afraid after he knew that he was a Roman and because he had bound him. On the morrow, because he would have known the certainty whereof he was accused of the Jews, he loosed him from his pants and commanded the chief priests and all the council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. I've read the whole chapter. <clears throat> Nothing happens by chance. The Lord plans and brings to pass his will. And those that are his, he uses to his glory and honor, though they not know what is coming. But they must trust him and so honor him. This happened with, with Paul. Paul, as he testifies here, he persecuted the church. He thought he was doing right. With the best of intention, he said, but he was ignorant. Sometimes that can happen to us too, that we best of intention do something and it's not right. With the best of intention. That's why we gotta be so careful how we walk and not rush into things especially things that affect others. <clears throat> the Lord decided to use Paul, even before he was born, to be a special tool in his hands. And he gave him opportunity to testify of his gospel through Paul and to many. 
as he did also here. After having preached the gospel to the Gentile, and usually the Apostle Paul, when he went into a new place, if there was a synagogue, he first went into the synagogue to declare the gospel unto the Jews that were gathered there. He did not go bypass them, because the gospel first comes to the Jews. But when they rejected it, he turned to the Gentiles. If they did reject him, the Gentiles joined. So we find that in the initial churches, there were both Jews and Gentiles. <clears throat> but there were also those Jews which didn't like the gospel we preached to the Gentiles. It reminds me of the story that Jesus told about the prodigal son, which is a twofold teaching. First, how God can redeem somebody that has gone so far out into the world. He can redeem them and is merciful. But the other lesson is that those that are faithful, that they don't begrudge that. Here we find the Jews, they had a problem. They, as Jesus admitted, says, the salvation has come through the Jews. But many of the Jews didn't like that salvation should be also be proclaimed to the Gentiles. And that was the great conflict that Paul found wherever he went to declare the gospel. Also here too, when we read this story, they listened to him of his own conversion, of his experience. He could accept those things. And people are able also to accept your own experience. You may not be able to convince them by reasoning with them about the faith and, and what the Bible says. But when it comes to your own experience, they should not be able to contradict that. It's your experience. They can accept it or reject it. I had a good friend too, and when I witnessed to him, he ended up saying, well, it may be good for you. He could not argue with it. Our own experience that God has worked in us, nobody can dispute it it's your word, it's your experience. They may argue with other things, no. And so they, also they were willing to listen to Paul, his, his really tremendous experience that he had in conversion. And I know that among us also there are people which would want to have a similar experience to God reveal himself unto them, but it may not be given to you. The Lord chose Paul to be a special vessel. And he said, the Lord said himself, said, I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. Are you willing to suffer for his name's sake? Do you want Paul's experience? Are you willing to suffer like he did? We can read about much suffering that he went through. And mostly it was from religious people, his own people that persecuted him the most, that finally also caught up here with him. The Lord knows what each one needs to be converted. He, to some, he speaks in a quiet way. They were brought up in a Christian home, as they would testify. They didn't go far out in the world. They knew what was right, but they still wanted some kind of a fantastic experience. But let me not be given to you. Believe on the Lord. You must recognize what he has done. Believe it. 
Repent for your sins and believe the gospel. That's a simple message. Others who had gone far out into the world, they have a dramatic experience, a big turnaround. It seems like they may find it easier to believe, but they too have their lot. The Lord does not shortchange anyone. He gives enough for, to everyone so that it's reasonable to believe what the gospel says if he wants to, or disbelieve it. He leaves enough out. Disbelieve if you want. It comes down to your choice, to your will. Do you believe the gospel or not? God gives of himself evidence in his creation, first of all, but that's not enough. It needs the revelation of the word of God. And when we look at the creation and how God has marvelously made it and come to the conclusion, yes, there must be a creator behind it, but that doesn't stop there. Now you must search that creator, and he, he will be found if you search him diligently, if it becomes the most important thing to you. It needs to be the most important thing to you in your conversion. It must continue also to be the most important thing after conversion to walk, because if that's not the case, you can go astray again. The Lord does not save anybody against his will. He can make it very hard for you to reject it, but it still it must be your choice. <clears throat> and the Apostle Paul, he had many credentials. He was a Benjaminite, a Jew of the Jews, a Pharisee taught in the manner of the fathers, in the perfect manner of the law, brought up at the feet of a great teacher, Gamaliel. He knew them, and he mentioned several times, he mentions here how the people that that accused them of, of blasphemy, of doing wrong, that they could go really, he says, the elders, the Pharisees, the rulers, they were still alive, many of them. They could go and, and testify that Paul, yes, he was persecuting the church, even under Damascus, and now he's preaching Christ. What happened? What happened? He has met Christ on the way to Damascus. He has met Christ. And that difference also should be us we met the Lord on his terms, not on our terms. And that should make a difference. Apostle Paul, when he addresses the, the audience, he, he uses God's wisdom, a wisdom that is easy to be entreated, that they can identify with, if they're willing to. When he addressed the Athenians in, in Athens, he spoke first about their, their own experience. He spoke about their poets. He didn't reject these things. He used that to introduce then the altar to the unknown God. And he said, you were worshiping him if without knowing. Him I declare unto you. He connected with those people. He also connects here with these people. These were Hebrews. They were knowing the law, they respected the law. So he introduces himself as one that has kept the law in the perfect manner of the fathers. He has introduced himself and, and does not belittle the law. He doesn't, we have to be careful when we meet people and witness to them that we don't belittle anything that they appreciate that is not necessary for us to deny, not to pick on it but use the occasion to introduce Christ, and, and the Lord will provide a way 
to us to connect if you have the right attitude, if in humility we testify. But if they sense a pride in us, if they sense a readiness to fight with them, the Lord is not with it. The Lord is not with it. The gospel must be preached in humility. People must have a reason to ask then themselves, even though they may not say it audibly, to ask themselves, why is that person there? Why does he have that hope? Why doesn't he react when he's reviled? That's going to make them ask. Not if you pick a fight, not if you cut them down and start right away a fight. No. Wherever somebody wants to be contentious, it's not the time to preach the gospel. The Apostle Paul, when, when he, was ever, he was rejected in, in the place that he was rejected, he said, you reject the gospel, therefore I go on. Go to the Gentiles. We don't shove the gospel down anybody's throat. The Lord wants the gospel, as if saying, his voice will not be heard in the streets. Be quiet, but those that seek, they will do this, and they will fight. The Lord knows how to use circumstances, and so also used here the presence of the Romans to rescue Paul from their hand, because he was not finished yet. Later on, the Lord, in a vision, also tells them in a dream, says, as thou hast witnessed unto me in Jerusalem, you must also witness to me in Rome. He was to bring also before the king, but before the Roman rulers, but before that, he was also going to testify before the very council that had condemned Jesus to death. And that is in the next chapter, when, when he, again, he, he uses his upbringing to testify, to test his experience, to testify also to the council. So the Lord is able to use circumstances that look to us, they just happen, but are orchestrated by the Lord to the furtherance of the gospel, but we want to be a part of it. Even when we run to difficulties, even when we run to trials, the God, we should be aware that the Lord has a purpose in it. Although at the time we may not think there is, but if we by experience realize that how the Lord has seen us through in the past, we realize that also this is going to serve for good if we let ourselves be exercised away. The Lord whom he loves, he chastens. And it's not pleasant to be chastened by the Lord. No, we, we don't want to be it. But if we realize that's for a purpose, that he loves us, then we can take it, although we may not know how it's going to turn out. So let's be careful not to reject the chastening of the Lord when we run into difficulties, but it's an opportunity to show our faith and trust how we should take it, how we should take it patiently, how we should be careful what we do, how we should not aggravate the situation, how we should react to it. It's needful that we, that we go to the Word of God often so that we may know it, so that the Spirit is able to remind us in a situation what is right to do and how to react, so we don't let the flesh take over and react in a fleshly way 
to a provocation or, or, or a trial and disgrunt it, or even show a sour face, perhaps. But people have to ask, why is he so sad? But they rather should ask, why is he not sad, even though this happens to you? There are many ways in which the Lord can use us if we are only willing to be exercised by him. May the Lord bless his word. To him be all the honor and glory evermore. Amen.